You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the War Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. What's up, War Report family? We are back with another great edition of the Auburn Express podcast, powered by the War Report. As always, it's that time of the week. Mike and Memes joining me is Auburn Memes. Check him out on Twitter at Auburn Memes. It's exactly like it's spelled all one word. Memes, let's jump right in here. Auburn plays Mississippi State on Saturday at home, coming off a one-score loss to Ole Miss on Saturday. I called that one as a toss-up. Sir, do you remember where you had them on your boss at toss-up loss? Ole Miss? Yeah. I had Ole Miss as a toss as well. Mm, well, uh, I'm, look, it, I'm just saying I've been killing mine this, like all season. <laughs> so like, don't don't at me right now. I'm just saying. Okay. I had I like it. that. Now, the one that I, okay, so the one I could potentially be, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves here, but the one I could potentially be struggling with, I did have Arkansas as a toss. That'd be really nice if that ended up being a boss, mm-hmm. but I did have Mississippi State as a boss. Mm. So, got to well, gotta, gotta beat. I think if you beat them above the spread, like I think you can count it as a boss. Okay. I, th- I think, and I've been meaning to tell you this, so we're just going to say it on air because I've I seen it on the live show you guys are doing like check marks, and I think you'll need to have a different scoring system. Because technically, you could put everything as a toss and be like, well, I got to check. And yeah, toss yeah. yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, I, yeah, and I don't create that system. It was, I think I created that system, but I, I feel you. Like, it was like, what did you have it as and what was it? It's so subjective, though. Like, I would argue, you know, that, like I said, I mean, I expected Auburn to win, beat Cal. They won. I, I think they were the more ta- uh, uh, talented team. It was in the boss column. The score indicated a toss. But I, think, like, I, I think if you have it in the boss, you could have a check if we're keeping score. But I think if you had that in a toss, like yours truly, did I get two checks? I'm just saying. Gassing myself. Okay, up. fair enough. Yeah. Meme stealing checks here. Uh, let, let's, check let's, talk, let's talk about the <laughs> double checking. Let's talk about the, uh, the game that Auburn has coming. Um, you know, I referenced Ole Miss because uh, I think the performance versus Ole Miss is relevant when we're talking about trends, particularly on this Auburn offense. Um, means Mississippi State is not a good team. Uh, everything about them is terrible. Now, they played Arkansas last week, and that game was 7-3. to three. They won 7-3. to three. Now, That's incredible. I mean, it's incredible. Is their defense that good? I don't think so. I think it was just a battle of two poor offenses. Yeah, so I did a uh, I did a, a, a sh- Auburn Daily show with our good friend Lounge Dog, and we we're talking a little bit about ah, this game uh, last night. And the statistics on defense, like through, across a lot of categories, Auburn's defense and Mississippi State's are pretty close on paper, right? And how they performed against LSU, both had very similar performances for how poorly they did on offense versus how. Uh, also poorly the defense did so in all honesty like and i think we're gonna dive into this here pretty soon these teams are not too far off on both sides of the ball like these are 
pretty similar teams. I think the one difference here is Auburn just tit for tat has more talent than Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. But for what's been showing up on the field, and they got two first year head coaches. Don't know if that counts for anything. Yeah, look, uh, let's 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 break down the numbers right quick. Auburn's defense is allowing twenty three point nine points per game so far this season. Uh, Seventeen point two first downs per game. So the breakdown here of total yards allowed is 157.7 yards per game allowed on the ground 213.9 yards allowed through the air for a total of 371.6 yards of offense they're allowing this defense is pretty good they played well and these averages would look even better i think if the offense could win time of possession but you know they should be able to stop a mississippi state offense that should as far as I know, we'll be led by Mike Wright, not Will Rogers on Saturday. So Yeah, that's a big I, I just I didn't realize that tells recording with Lounge. That's a huge it factor for me. Just the fact, I mean, that's Will Rogers has pretty much been the reason. I mean, you remember two years ago, like that he's he's the reason Auburn's lost these this game twice in a row. Mm-hmm. And now it's I, a I different think without offense. him, yeah. That's a different offense without Mike Leach. Uh in, in any normal year, Will Rogers would lead the league in pass attempts by a long shot Uh, and he's near the bottom. So they have a different approach uh, to offense, you know, under our net, you know, rest in peace, uh, rest in peace, Mike Leach. But again, the whole state smells like stale Frito-Lays. Have you ever driven in to Mississippi from Alabama? (laughs) It's interesting. The roads instantly turn to shit memes. Like it is a terrible place. So I, the scariest, the scariest part about that drive, and I, I'd be lying if I said I haven't driven to Philadelphia, Mississippi, a few mm-hmm. times p- past sunset to just gamble till three a.m. and drive home at sunrise. Okay, I might have done that a time or two or five. But know. <laughs> you know it gets a little scary when you're driving through that part. If I don't know if it is Alabama or Mississippi, but you're on the back roads. And you know you're in a scary part of wherever we are when you you can drive about a mile plus and you haven't seen a church. That's how you know it's scary. Oh, man, yes. Uh, in the south, more churches than gas stations on some of these roads. Yeah, if you uh, haven't seen a church or a Dollar General, like that's a scary <laughs> place to be. And that's, that's that, that some threshold no man's land, like the Bermuda Triangle of Alabama and Mississippi, that it, it exists right on that border, and it's just it's not a place you want to be. Well, their offense might be stuck in that Bermuda Triangle that you're talking about. Uh, again, they are not good. Uh, they don't do a whole lot of things well. I expect them to continue to not do a lot of things well because this all Auburn defense is very stingy. Now, Auburn got Keontae Scott back on defense last week. He showed up big. He made his presence felt against against Ole Miss. Um, this is a stingy Auburn secondary. Let's talk turnovers here for a second. Auburn has been very good at turning over teams so leading, far this year. What do you think, SEC. man? Do we get a score on defense this this week from the Auburn defense? I tell you what, I mean, they've been trying. And, I mean, that's just something that I think we even predicted at the beginning of the year that that just wasn't going to happen. But, honestly, that's some tenacious defense. And it's been great to see them finally getting turnovers and not doing the bend-don't-break stuff. and. They want it, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna count them out. They have found a way, no matter how good the other team is at not turning the ball over, to get these more more interceptions and fumbles, which is interesting. But now, nah, man, I mean, you saw you saw what uh what DK did when he snagged that ball. Man, he was going to take that one to the house. So 
normally I'd be very confident be like, nah, it's not happening. But man, like they want it. And I mean, I think with the way the team is on offense, like you you kind of need that, that that score isn't gravy. That's like that's that's the meat and potatoes of what this game's gonna be. So yeah, yeah, yeah get it in the end zone defense. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to watch. Uh, I think I think that they can cause some havoc here. Uh, kind of switching to the offensive side of the ball memes. Uh, Auburn uh, has not been good on offense. Uh, so this is the unfun part of the show that we have to talk about. We're going to spend a majority of the time here. Hugh Freeze had some comments earlier this week about the quarterback position when asked about Robbie Ashford. He said, Robbie Ashford has a place, I quote. Um, whether that place is every down, we'll see. Sounds like they may be leaning toward giving him the start. Uh, and seeing what he can do with the football, you have five games left in the season to show something on offense. Does the season start for Auburn on offense this weekend against Mississippi State? We'll see. Uh, let's run down some numbers real quick. Auburn is scoring 26.7 points a game. Now, if you extrapolate the Power 5 numbers, they are averaging, in five Power 5 games, they are averaging 15.2 points per game. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, so that's definitely not good. 17.7 first downs per game, 186 yards on the ground, 151 yards through the air for a total of 337 yards of offense. Now, uh, three out of the last four SEC games, Auburn has had less than two, 300 yards of total offense. So it has been trending down. They're on pace to be the worst offense in the last 25 years, man. If these numbers hold and these trends hold, what do you expect from Auburn on Saturday? Like, you know, I, well, I, let me ask you this. Do you expect anything different from these coaches? Like, have they shown a propensity to, like, change gears or shift? Like, they gave Robbie Ashford a lot more snaps on on, on Saturday. Do you think he gets even more snaps this coming Saturday? Well, I mean, here's the problem is, I mean, the volume of snaps doesn't matter because if they're all bad snaps and they're not playing to his strength and the team's strength and allowing folks to get in rhythm – I mean, it could be he could get 50 snaps. I would rather him have 15 good ones than 30 bad ones. Yeah. When I say I, I just don't see how it makes sense putting Robbie in there with 13 personnel and being like, all right, let's roll. Because I mean, all that himself. Yeah. And maybe there's in quote a package for that. And there's something that makes sense. And I'm not going to be couch coach over here. But when you're doing that consistently, if you look and I, it was funny, I was looking at a video it was of some of Robbie's highlights from last year. He is at his best when the game is spread out and it's a tempo. You put four wide receivers out there, let him spread everything out. He gets a guy who's open or he scrambles because there's more space because everybody's not stacking the box. But the deal is Robbie's legs aren't going to be effective whatsoever if the box is stacked and they know he's going to run. It was like, well, I mean, that's what he does. Da, 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 da. But it's like there has to be a fear of Robbie passing. and you've actually got to let him do that and swallow the lumps if he's going to throw an interception. Right. And I was really happy to see that when he threw the interception, they let him trot back out there to start the next series. This past game, I thought that was great, but he's got to get in some type of rhythm or the run isn't going to be effective. It doesn't matter how good of a runner you are at quarterback. If they know that's all you're going to do, they're going to stop you from every single direction. But if he can get in some passing rhythm, he can absolutely make them pay for that. And then once they're playing him honest in both ways, then his running can be absolutely lethal. Mm. And and that's why I think Peyton has done so well with his legs because they just kind of assumed it's up. That's the running guy. That's the passing guy. They're willing to give that up. Yeah. 
yeah, Peyton, Peyton's throwing them off and Peyton's not going to kill you. But yeah, you, you, like I said, all right, I will give him three, four, seven, maybe 10 yards, you know, kind of scrambling a little bit big, better than letting him get to play through the air, but more importantly, letting him establish the chemistry through the air, not only with himself, but his receivers. And yeah, I think you're right. Hey, if he wants to have those, let him get it, but they're not going to give that to Robbie because they know that can, that can cut a lot deeper if he gets loose. Yeah. You got to let him throw the ball, right? Uh, for reference here, uh, you brought up the pass attempts. So I want to talk about the division of snaps between these two quarterbacks in this game. Payne Thorne had 36 total snaps to Robbie Ashford's 22. That's the most they've given Robbie Ashford since the season has started. Now, uh, he had six dropbacks with an intent to pass. He had four actual. No, this is Robbie Ashford. Robbie, okay. Robbie Ashford, right. So he had four. He was three for four. They let him throw four passes. Um, he completed three of them. But he had six dropbacks where there was an intent to pass and there wasn't a pass attempted. Uh, so the difference between attempts and dropbacks was two, meaning there was and they two also more. Called that, they also called that ridiculous offensive pass interference on that uh, pass he had. Was that the Luke deal or was that to Frazier? I think maybe it was Frazier. It was, uh, he loves Frazier. But yeah, no, I mean, that was one. That's not going to be on the stat sheet, but you know, that was the first down. I think that was at least a 12 or 13-yard uh, gain, and they called it back because of that stupid... I don't know what the rest are seeing. I was standing, I was standing by some former players who obviously I'm going to say they've got a pretty good mm-hmm. eye for some of the technicalities of football, more so than the average fan were. And they were like, what in the heck? <laughs> like on that what inter- was that call? On that interception that he threw, uh Javaris got just run over. Yeah. So I was the right TV. there. So yeah. I was, yeah. I was standing right there by it. And actually, in some of these photos I sent you, you can actually see that because I was shooting that. I was shooting that high frame. So if you want to go through that, uh, I just can't do it live in the show. But you can actually see frame by frame still of what is happening in that. And he, before the ball, before the ball is even in frame of the photo, he is like sideways in the air and the guys like leaned over on top of him. Most definitely was like that. That could have been called a pass interference because he, he ran into him, caused him to slip as Javar Shots is falling, and the other guy was able to make the play on the ball, but the ball was well, well out of a range of being caught by anybody when that contact was made. So, mm-hmm. and I mean, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make it sound like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm defending Robbie to the death. I mean, yes, that's absolutely what happened there, but also too, that was a very dangerous throw. So, you know, to kind of, it was kind of double coverage. I mean, he did throw it in a double coverage. So I'm not trying yeah. to be like. D- defending Robbie to the moon. I'm just giving perspective for both deals. Like it was, it was an uncalled pass interference. It was shoved. Josh Johnson did slip. I think had he been able to maintain his feet, he would have probably got, I don't know if he'd have caught it, but I don't know if they would have intercepted it. But once again, too, that was just, that was a very dangerous throw by Robbie. And I don't blame Robbie. Shoot, man. Somebody's got to make a play, but double coverage got to do something a little different there. So uh, is what it is. Let's, uh, let's talk about uh, Robbie Ashford. Hugh Freeze mentioned a play that Robbie Ashford had at the beginning of the game where it was there was no read. It was supposed to be a handoff, and he kept it. Um, yeah. Kind of called well, him out. I'm not in love with the call out, but, uh, you know. Robbie, Robbie even admitted it, too, when he got interviewed with the press. He owned it. Yeah, he owned it. Uh, you ha- And you can't do that if you're Robbie Ashford, right? Like, you, ha- you have to call it as it is unless, you know, the coach is actually giving you the latitude uh, to, to make a different call. Uh, but, uh, you know, let's jump over to Peyton Thorne here. Right. Uh, Thorne 
had 22 dropbacks in this game. He was nine for 13 for a hundred yards and a TD plus one interception that he also threw into double coverage. Uh, great yeah, play by no, the DB. equally, equally as bad throws. Yeah, that was a bad throw. Yeah. I mean, both throws were really bad. Uh, so he had 22 dropbacks. So again, there were 13 attempts versus 22 dropbacks where there was an intent to pass, but the pass wasn't made. So you had nine plays <laughs> where there was an intent to pass, but the pass wasn't made. We know he was sacked a couple times. Uh, that will account for a couple of those. Uh, but, by all intents, right, he didn't really have a good game either. There was a beat writer that tweeted out something that said uh, Thorne was actually 9 for 13 for 100 yards. And I was like, this is a really disingenuous tweet. Uh, we know that most of those completions came and attempts came on the last drive where Ole Miss last, essentially went into la- a prevent, right? It was it was the last – It was uh, I think that drive started with two minutes and 51 seconds in the game. So I mean, it was it was garbage time. Ole Miss is in prevent. I don't know if they would have had backups in there or kind of how they were running everything. It was keep but, everything in front of you and just don't give up a quick score. That's how they were right. Playing, yeah, right? burn 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 the clock out. Just yeah, let them g- give them a first down, but don't give them a touchdown type deal. But I mean, I, I will say it. I mean, that did help Thorne get into a rhythm. But I think that is fool's gold to see that drive is like, well, man, if we just ran that the whole game, we'd have we'd have won. Like, eh. yeah. Yeah, they, no. they were they were they were letting them they were letting they were them letting them away. have that. Yeah, they yeah. were letting them have that. So there was a lot of fool's gold there. I think a lot of fans thought, why are we going to run tempo? Now, listen, I'm not saying it's a bad idea to run tempo. I'm, I'm just saying that the success that they had on that drive was more about how Ole Miss decided to play, given that it was the end of the game and there was not enough time. We know the new clock rules are very friendly to the team that's up over the last, you know, 15 minutes of the game. So they were content to keep things in front of them there. Uh, Again, 9 for 13 for Peyton Thorne, uh, you know, uh, for 100 yards, one TD, one interception. He had an interesting interview on Tuesday. It's about Peyton? He did. He did. And there was a quote by him that I definitely want to to read to you um, and talk about what he said. This young man was talking to the media on Tuesday at the uh, Performance Center, and he had a quote that says, you can't get in there in a situation like that and try to do too much, Thorne said. I don't feel like I've done that. So just so just keep going in there and executing the play that's called. If it's called to hand it off, hand it off. You can't try to pull it and make something crazy happen. This is a shot at Robbie Ashford, is it not? How could this not be a shot at Robbie Ashford? I I think Thorne's uh, – I'm not going to go that far to say that, but I think all of Thorne's quotes that I read most definitely were trying to be as politically correct but also as passive-aggressive as possible about his frustrations, which he should write to be frustrated. This is neither, though. This is You're talking directly about a play – that the coach talked about earlier in the week. Now, if Q Freeze wants to say something about it, I don't love it, but it's his prerogative as the coach. Another player talking about another player screwing up a play? What? Can you imagine a quarterback saying, you know, man, uh, if only our receivers caught those balls, we would have won. Like, that may be true, but you don't say that as a player, do you? I, mean, I don't know. I'm not going to, I don't know if that was necessarily targeted at him 100%. I mean, I'm not going to say that, but. How could it not, though? What are you it, talking about? How could it not be targeted at Robbie Ashford? I mean, it might be a not, specific play. And he said, I'm not doing that. <laughs> he, he literally made a point to say, this happened, but it wasn't me. So it had to be him. 
I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going there yet, but I'm just saying. All right. Well, there were reports of Robbie Ashford and uh, Payne Thorne having some words on the sideline. We saw some other players kind of getting into it. A lot of some frustration, a high amount of frustration from the team, I think, about how things are going offensively. Now, I said this on an earlier show, Memes. um, Hugh Freeze talked about the amount of time he's spending recruiting on game day. Yeah. And, you know, we get it. Recruiting is important. He's repeatedly sent that message about being able to have time to build a team through recruiting. But it seems like maybe this team hasn't gotten the attention from this coach that they deserve this season because he's been looking forward this whole time. Uh, And admittedly so by his own account. You know, is this team getting the attention from their coach that they deserve this year? I mean, I think what I think the deal was, and it's all theories. It seems like Hugh pretty much said, "Hey, Phil Montgomery, you got the keys to the offense. You're the you're the offensive head coach. Do everything. Review it by me. If it looks good, I'll thumbs up it. We're good to go." And that just that just didn't work. I don't think I don't think we need too much hindsight to say that's going to be a failing proposition. Mm. So. I mean, you're going to always look back and say, well, yeah, you know, maybe you should have done this. But yeah, that's just going to be how it is. If the offense had been just at best mediocre, I don't think anybody's really batting an eye up. They're rebuilding. They're just doing what they need to do. I mean, the record could be the same if the offense just. I mean, if you just multiply the offensive stats by one and a half times what they are now, which unfortunately is a very low bar. I mean, put them at seventh in the SEC, just put them dead in the middle. I don't think anybody bats an eye at what's going on right now. It's just the fact that they are last and near to last in almost every category but rushing that's just what's got people incredibly frustrated you double that down to the fact that Hugh Freeze is in quotes an offensive coach it just kind of makes people want to be pulling their hair out because the issue is is this is bringing back recent battle scars here Hugh or I said Hugh Gus Malzahn was an offensive coach and it was like you were kind of told that you were kind of told that farce for years that all it's going to change all is going to get better and then da 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 and it just would slowly drift backwards you heard the same thing with brian harson and after Bo got hurt drifted back so it's just people have been hearing this and they just been looking forward to a little bit of just just consistency improvement on offense and it's just pretty much slid backwards non-stop and it's just tough when you don't really feel like it has any possible direction it's tough to where things <clears throat> excuse me and decisions to a fan's perspective look just asininglyly obvious and make no sense, like yeah. quarterback rotation and things like that, to where mm. you don't really feel like you've got to have a high football IQ to be like, that doesn't make any sense. Now, there could be a much more deep reasoning for it that we are just not privy to whatsoever. But unfortunately, perception is reality. And if you don't play to that a little bit, well, and I think it was, I mean, you saw Robbie trotted out there to technically take the first snaps. Well, was that because he deserved it? Was it a flip of a coin or was that fan service a little bit? Oh, yeah. We don't necessarily know what that'll be. They gave him a whole drive. Be, yeah, but I mean, there's got to be something that you got to do to make things look a little bit better just to spin, if not anybody's anybody's narrative, just the internal one amongst fans. Because you talk about the recruiting and this and that, but when fans start getting their feathers rustled and they start going out there and chirping and saying, well, this was a wrong hire. You know, we should have never gotten Hugh, da, 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 da. The next thing you know, you've got these bad narratives out there that now you've got to add that to the noise that's in the room, and you don't want any of that. And it doesn't take a whole lot of just little tweaks 
and no one would be saying that stuff right now. But when it looks like, and I do not think it is this way at all, but when it looks like there's an easy cheap shot narrative of like, oh, you know, Hughes absentee, he doesn't care about this team. He's out there recruiting. That's going to upset some people. Yeah. And how do you, if you are Hugh Freeze, how do you turn that around? I mean, I don't know. I don't make the big bucks to do it, but just make it look better. Be, just make yeah, it look gotta, better on field. Nobody's yeah, questioning this if it doesn't look incompetent. Yeah, right? there's got to be a little something. And I'll say, I mean, this can be a get right weekend and people will forget, but I'm going to say this right now. I don't think this is a hot take at all. If it ain't right against Mississippi State, I, uh, I mean, one, I don't think it's getting. Get, I don't think it's going to be getting right against anybody. It's Power Five and SEC. So, yeah, and I that's going to make and that's going to add just tremendous, tremendous amounts of frustration I, because people are going to say, "Well, look at last year." Yeah, and I that's said this not on what on. you want to have. I said this on Locked On. I said you lose to Ole Miss, um, and you don't look good doing it. You're in. You're in danger of going over in the SEC. Bunch of people commented and says, no way, no way we're losing to Vanderbilt, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I'm telling you, like when you when you have a team that plays down to the competition, you can't rule anything out. You and, only lose to Vanderbilt if the team just flat out gives up. Well, and I right. don't think that's and I don't think that's happening. I think they are they put 20 on Georgia and you're averaging less than 20 points in in power five play. Yeah, I mean, they they seem like they're locked in, but I with with the defensive guys coming back, I still don't think that I mean, it, Lose to Vanderbilt or Vanderbilt being your only win. I mean, that is that's, that's tough, man. Yeah, I mean, One that's not a, yeah, I mean, that's an awful. I mean, you're either in a you're either in a puddle of mud or a pile of trash. It's not like you really take solace when we beat Vandy. You're not puffing your chest up about that. Yeah. You need to beat at this point, you need to beat Vandy, Mississippi State, and Arkansas. I mean, obviously it'd be great if you beat Alabama, but I mean if you yeah, could just, I guess a bowl just, game. just cover just cover the spread against Alabama. And then you can really, and then just beat the brakes. Just have a, just have a frustration game, and just beat the brakes on Mexico State. Then you can kind of feel like, all right, the season was what it needed to be, and all this mid, all this middle of the season frustration that was just going to come because he lost four games in a row. Mm. That'll kind of be in the back. That'll be in the rearview mirror. People be forgetting about that, and then get some recruits in there. You get that momentum. You get those extra practices. And uh, you got to uh, hopefully get a favorable matchup. And there's a really, really funny t- narrative out there right now. If Auburn were to somehow go against a, a UCF in a bowl game, <laughs> that, Listen, there are some projections. Internet, and that w- Auburn Twitter would break. That would, would be because you got to think about it. You just got to think about it. And, and that would be an incredible poll. And I might do this. Would you rather miss a bowl game or would you rather go against UCF and lose? Oh, I, if Auburn lost a bowl game, to you, especially if it was like an ugly loss to UCF, mm. can you imagine? They're in the Big 12 ha- now, right? I, I So uh, they blew yes. a lead to Oklahoma last week, I believe. And Yeah, they could have won that game. I mean, that's the thing about it is like, I mean, UCF could legitimately beat Auburn. So yeah. that would just be there. There would be there would be some very frustrated people coming because you know everybody like we should have never fired Gus. Gus you, just, yeah. you would just see that well, shot look, from look the rooftops and look, not look what we this. need right now. Uh, UCF is three and four right now, zero oh and four in the Big Twelve. So you're right. That game could be a reality depending on how the bowl guys decide to divvy it out. Auburn is three and four right now. Um, next week they have um, next week UCF plays Cincinnati. It looks like, and the problem uh, is that that game that game could potentially be played. I think it was like one of the projections. No, no, no. I'm sorry. They play West Virginia, 
Cincinnati is the week after. Oh, I was just saying the bowl game. If that's played in Tampa, I mean that's going to be a this essentially going to be a home game. Home game, them. yeah. So, so it'll like, be it'll be interesting to see. Zero and four in the Big Twelve, not a great start for Gus Malzahn and the UCF Knights in the Big Twelve. This is their first year in that conference. Um, but it, it, you know, like I said, the, the season is trending kind of the same way. Although the almost win versus Oklahoma, and, and I want to give now. Obviously, he's not in his first season there, so there's no real excuse. I think in my mind for, you know, not winning games uh, in a way. Uh, but if you look at the box score of that game, uh, Dylan Gabriel passed for 253 yards. John Rice Plumley passed for 248 yards and two touchdowns, no interceptions. Those are That's a stat line that Auburn, if they had that stat line for their quarterback, they might be a one-loss team right now, right? Um, yeah, and if Auburn... <laughs> If Auburn, you, you know, let's just say the turnovers are the same. If Auburn had passed for 250 yards in every single Power Five game that they've played, they probably beat A and M. And honestly, there's a good chance they you could beat say Georgia, could beat Georgia, so Georgia, yeah, and maybe Ole Miss. Yeah, Ole Miss, yeah, they might be a one loss team right now. And LSU is the only only game that I'm not giving them. Uh, but oh so yeah, far- no, I mean, if, if seven 750 yards, I'll say they beat LSU. Yeah, I mean, right now on the season, um, like Plumlee's not having a great season. He's 62%, 834 yards passing so far this year. But again, their team is competitive enough first year in a new conference, so they might be looking at that kind of as a year one for them. It definitely is year one for for Hugh Freeze. So um, look, before we close out today, let's, let's talk score predictions. We do this every week. We give a score prediction. Uh, you guys know about boss it, toss it, loss it. I had this one in the boss column. I still believe that it belongs there because Mississippi yep. State is that bad. Um, and Auburn's defense has proven to be uh, pretty formidable, I think. So going against inferior hey. opponents, I don't see them getting a go in this week. Cheers to my first Power 5 boss prediction of the year. Okay. All right. This is your first Power 5 boss predict- prediction of the it, year. It is. It is what it is. Memes, I called this one 31-17. I think Auburn finally breaks the 21-point mark in Power 5 play. Uh, The defense gives Auburn some short fields to work with. The yardage totals may not look great, but I think it adds up to another touchdown and field goal, which ultimately gets them to 31 points. What say you here? I'm plagiarizing Vegas a little bit because they've got the over-under for this game at, I think, 43-and-a-half. So I'm going to say the game is going to be somewhere like high teens to mid 20s which would put you right uh, right around that range so i'm gonna say like a 24 to 17 okay type game and why i say that is i think both teams are just going to try to get out of here they're going to run 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 they're going to just drain as this is going to be a very fast game the only thing that's going to slow this game down is going to be commercial breaks it's a non-cbs 230 game they're going to want to <laughs> they're going to want to just go ahead and get to prime time <laughs> get out of there both of these teams are just going to try to get a win. I don't see Auburn trying anything fancy. If they're not going to change anything on offense, why would they do it here? I think they're just going to say, hey, we're going to try to out-athlete them. Mm. We're going to control it, keep it on the ground, and they're going to kind of be doing what they're doing. And just, I mean, I hate to say it this way, they're just going to kind of keep that play-not-to-lose game, just keep it very conservative. They're not going to do anything they don't need to do when they don't need to do it. And if they see that they feel like they're at a place where they've just got this thing manageable, I don't see that ball flying through the air a whole lot because why would they do it? Eat it up, eat that clock, actually win time of possession this time. Rodgers is out of the game. Feel a lot better about that because 
Obviously, he's torched Auburn two years in a row. I don't know how they're going to do it with a backup quarterback. They've been struggling, but don't don't catch them sleeping because I know Zach Blackerby said this numerous times on his show. It's just that's what Arkansas was like. Oof, we got through a rough patch. We got Mississippi State. We can get right, and yeah, man, we didn't get right. So Auburn, yeah. Auburn doesn't need to get, Auburn doesn't need to you know catch sleep because, like I said, I mean these on paper these teams have been kind of tit for tat. Well, I'll tell you this: in a row, so Arkansas's deep. Like Arkansas's defense did the job. Obviously, they held them to one touchdown, but their offense didn't hold up their their end of the bargain. Which is crazy because Arkansas's yeah. defense is not the not a strong no. suit of that team. I'm telling their you, their offense when, should be. Well, I guess they got some injuries, but when you're a bad team, you find ways to be worse week after week. <laughs> and I think they, is, I think they've given up. And I, now they did they did fire the offensive coordinator. That's the only thing that's got me worried is. Is Arkansas going to have some new spark with that happening? But I think this team is probably checked out at this point. Okay. And I don't know. And that's, I'm saying in a good way for Auburn. I think it's going to be one of those things where I don't see if Arkansas is even playing this weekend. But yeah, going back to my score prediction, though, I think 17? like a 17. Yeah, 24-17. Auburn wins it by a touchdown at least. And I don't think it'll be an Ole Miss. Mississippi State might get like a garbage time field goal. By definition, that score call is a toss. <sighs> and you called this one a boss. So are, are you sure that's where you want to land on this one? I'm going to keep the score prediction because I'm just I'm just plagiarizing Las Vegas. Okay. But fair enough. You know, we'll see how it we'll see how it ends up. Mm-hmm. You're we'll predicting that you're wrong out. about it being a boss though. So uh, here's the only other good it's going to be a good or a bad thing. Arkansas does have a bye week this weekend. Ah so Wait, Arkansas that, or Mississippi State? Ar- Arkansas. Am I am I looking at this right? Twenty eighth. Yes, Arkansas has a bye week. Then they play Florida. Then they play Auburn. So we'll see mm-hmm. if you know that could be good. Maybe they adjust some things on offense, or maybe it's bad. They hadn't enough time to practice it in real game, but and it's at Florida, so we'll see. Could be a, yeah, that'll we'll be see. A, we'll see for sure. But hopefully, this team—if Florida can beat Arkansas—by this point, they just may be so, so dejected, and that means Arkansas would go the entire year without winning an SEC game. Because oh, I don't think so they're going to beat. Too, Will. Don't think they're going to beat Missouri. And yeah. uh, and at that point, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if Pittman could survive that one. Yeah, I mean, he's good. got. I mean, with KJ Jefferson there, there's not really an excuse to not win a single SEC game. That could be a. I mean, they memories of Chad Morris is not far in the rearview mirror for that program. So maybe mm. like we we're done with this. You are the guy you replaced. He's out. Well, I'll tell you. But what. we don't want to be their only SEC win. That's for sure. So like Auburn does not want to have that that monkey on their back. No, I don't think so. Um, well, Memes thinks that uh, Mississippi State is checked out. We're checking out here. I've got this one thirty one seventeen. Memes has this one 24-17. I'm giving Auburn the extra touchdown. He is not. Uh, but you can touch down with us next week when we uh, recap our predictions on this one and talk about the next game, which will be Arkansas. Guys, we're signing off. And as always, War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle.